We're going to jump straight into what I believe God is wanting to say to us. Are we ready this morning? I'm excited. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Can I just say something? It's okay to not be there yet. It's okay to not be where you want to be or where you feel God's called you to be or at the level of maturity or at the level of breakthrough or at the level of things playing out in your life, the level of finances, the level of marriage status, whatever that looks like, it's okay to have not obtained yet. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. I'm not going to let what hasn't happened yet stop me from moving somebody. I'm not going to settle into my little niche, my little ditch, my little pity party and go stagnant. Come on, somebody. But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Do you know what Jesus got a hold of you with? He got a hold of you with hope. While we were dead in trespasses, Christ died for us. And, you know, Jesus would not be attractive. The cross would not be attractive if it wasn't for the fact that it brought hope. For God so loved the world in its broken, sinful state. In its state where every one of us had consequences of a lost eternity. That Jesus was sent to die for us. Come on, somebody. This is good news. So when you saw that, you realized your brokenness, but you also saw a need. And in that, you were able to recognize hope. Amen? So, so Jesus presented hope, and now that hope is now inside of us, invested by God. <clears throat> Brethren I, or brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I haven't got there yet. I'm not saying I've made it, but this is what I'm focusing on. Forgetting what is behind me. Forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Someone say focus. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God and Christ Jesus. Come on. No one would ever run a race if there wasn't a prize. No one would ever work hard at their job if there wasn't a reward. We are reward-based creatures. And focus is what separates those from get the, that get awards and prizes and recognition to those that don't. Okay. So this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind me and reaching forward <clears throat> to the goal, sorry, forward, sorry, I, I press forward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Say there's better things ahead. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. This is what separates people that live their life in church in swaddling clothes from those that actually stand up and do something. If you're mature, this mind's going to be in you. And if in in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of, of the same mind. I really feel that there is a word over this place. You can say this is a word for my life. That 2020 is going to be the year of acquisition. It's going to be the year of acquisition. There's things that have not been achieved. There are things that have not been attained. There are things that have not broken through. There are things that you haven't seen victory in. But 2020 is going to be your year of acquisition. I had no idea what I was talking about up to about 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Excuse me. So So I want to talk about this for a second because in order for you to get where you're going you're going to have to let go of where you've been. And what we do is the children of Israel got comfortable in their tents 
that when they saw cities and wars ahead, that looked intimidating. Someone say this, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to have to conquer some unhealthy habits. I'm going to have to let go of some mindsets. And I'm going to have to divorce some fears. This is good. This is really good. You see, your breakthrough is attached to you seeing what God has ahead of you. But it's not just okay. You know, the amount of people that have come up to me and tell me, you know, I'm called to this and I'm called to that. And I'm like, well, why, what are you doing about that? Oh, no, I'm just sitting here waiting for God. That is not how we obtain. That is not how we get stuff in the kingdom. An acquisition is to possess something that you previously didn't. Like, for instance, if, if I was going to buy an expensive painting, I would go and acquire that painting. Hello? <clears throat> if I was to <clears throat> purchase a property or a piece of land, I would go and acquire that property. I don't just get the property, the painting, or the, or the piece of land because I, I have a vision about it. I get it because I qualify for it, and I have the funds that I have planned in advance to get that. So a lot of Christian believers believe just because they can see the vision means it's theirs. Hello? Oh, I had a vision. God showed me something. I had a prophet come to me once and say something, and da 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 I'm like, cool, okay, awesome. Where's your bank balance? Where's your bank balance? Because we have to qualify ourselves. See, God and God, and I say this a lot, but when God gives us prophetic words or prophetic visions or he speaks to us and calls us into purpose, destiny, seasons, he's not so much interested in what you're interested in. You're interested in the result. Remember, we're reward-based creatures. He's interested in the process that's going to change us. He's, he's dangling the carrot to move the, the horse to move the cart. But all the horse is looking at is the carrot. But in the process, the geographical location of that horse and cart is getting changed. You know, and so God is actually looking for us to transition from where we are today into who we will be tomorrow. The thing is, is that Hebrews 11, faith is now the substance of things hoped for. We have a process that when God speaks, we, we see what he says through the eyes of faith. You can read this in some of my books. When he speaks, we see it and we hear it through the eyes of faith. And what that means is faith sees in the now. Hello? Do you know that Moses saw the promised land, but he never stood in it? Because he didn't qualify himself. He saw it. He tasted it. He even tasted the grapes. Hello? He got close enough where he could smell the wind blowing across the Jordan River. But he never walked on the soil. And the, the reason is, is because he got, so, he got so close where he had a lot of things right, but there was a couple of pillars in his life that were wrong. So God is interested in the process that will change us. And interestingly enough, the problem that kept him out of Canaan is the same problem that caused him to kill the Egyptian soldier. Anger and lack of self-control. Hello? And so God actually invites us into season. So when we get into a season, God says, well, this is who I've called you to be, and this is what you'll do, and you know, one day I'm going to give you a spouse. And here we are standing here, and it's like, well, why haven't those things happened yet? And then we start blaming God because the devil comes along as our counselor and says, hey, look, you know, God's forgotten you. He made a promise, but he's not really keeping it. Just like the devil, right? And we start getting offended at God, and then our, our circumstance starts getting worse. <laughs> Figure it out. Hello? And so, so God actually is interested in getting you to destiny. But he is highly motivated in getting the obstructions and the impurities out of our lives. One of the problems that we have is that we are an entitled generation. If God said it, we can have it. Yeah, that's part of the story. The other part of the story is God's actually very motivated to not give you something that you're not qualified for. Because if he gives you something that you're not qualified for, he'll have another Lucifer. Hello? I mean, it's pretty, that's pretty direct. Or he'll watch you destroy yourself where you never make it 
because you got something that you weren't able to handle. And that's why we have preachers that get into sin in front of everyone and whole churches get wounded and walk away from God. Hello? That's why the process is more important than anything. So anyways, let's come back to the scripture real quick. 2020 is the year of acquisition if you want it to be. One of, one of our prophetic cultural dysfunctions we have in the modern church right now is that we believe that corporate words apply to everyone. Some people are going into winter seasons while other people are coming into summer seasons while other people are going into harvest seasons. So not all words are to be benchmarked just because someone else got a breakthrough and you're still in a winter season doesn't mean that you've missed it. So I just want to put that out there at the beginning so that we don't get like hurt when we see other people getting breakthrough and ours hasn't happened. Here, can, can I give you a good tip on how to speed up your breakthrough? Celebrate the other person's breakthrough instead of despising them. Yeah. That's a good start. Now, here's a couple of things we need to talk about. Not that I have already attained, or am I already perfected. Now, we know that Paul was a pretty sharp dude. He was already very well versed and, and scripted. He was before, when he was killing people, he had a better handle on the, on the book than most Christians do today. So let's just let's let, let that sink in. Your theology and skill sets and your ability to sing and play does not make you awesome. Your ability to submit to God makes you awesome. That's the hard part because God will often come to us and, you know, it's all very good and well. Like, for instance, here, classic one that I use 99% of the time, single people. I'm going to get a husband one day. I'm going to get a wife. I remember when I was 20... I want to say 21. And I had this man that I would meet. It was right before I went into a pretty dark period of my life where I backslid real good. And, uh, <clears throat> and all things you do, do well. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're going to be diligent, right? Don't be a hypocrite and just be diligent in some things. So... So this man came to me and he goes, son, soon you will meet your wife. And I stepped out the door from that meeting and I was like, he said a bunch of other things as well. And I stepped out the door and I was like, dude, is she waiting at the car? <laughs> so it was like a real holy moment right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, but what actually happened was, you know, weeks passed and, and months passed and I didn't have any mentors and I didn't have a healthy church that I was involved with. Um, I'd just come out of a really dysfunctional one, a really abusive one, and so I was completely lost, and I was like, well, maybe that guy missed it, but I felt this kind of tingles and goosebumps and stuff, and I felt like that might have been God, but I don't really know. But what I didn't realize is God was inviting me into a promise. Now, that type of word is a very exciting word because it's actually a longing that's being proposed to be fulfilled. But there's other words that God calls us into that are intimidating and disturbing, the ones where it's like, no, that prophet's off. <laughs> Bind you, devil. Right? Because no one's ever done that before, right? Yeah. But you see, actually, authentically, like you got Moses, who's super qualified, and God's like, you know, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and he's like, no. And he's like, you're going to do that, I'm going to kill your firstborn. That's what happened. God's like, I'm going I'm to strike you dead. Right? See, a lot of the stuff that God actually calls us, the, the, the destiny, purpose, calling stuff, is actually intimidating. And it's sometimes stuff that we don't want to do, and it's like, well, I don't want, that's not really in my wheelhouse, God. That's, you know, I, I, I'm not really feeling the anointing on that one, God. No, my emotions aren't being tickled right now. Right? My ego's not being stroked right now, but I'm being invited into something that actually is probably going to kill me in the process. You see, God, God wants you in the promised land. He just doesn't want all of you. Yeah. 
Got to lose some weight. <laughs> and, and that weight looks like certain mindsets. It looks like habits. It looks like, you know, right now some of us are in seasons where we're actually agreeing with the enemy and the darkness and the, and the pending problems. And that part of you can't make it to the promised land. You'll destroy it. So, so let's just look at the scripture again in light of what we're talking about. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. Can we all say amen? I am not perfect. I have not obtained everything that I know I'm called to obtain. That does not disqualify me because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to agree with where we are today, although I'm thankful with where we are today, but I know where we're going. See, someone that's born of the Spirit actually has only the language of faith. We need to stop negotiating with doubt, fear, and unbelief. And we need to, if, if necessary, stand alone and say, I will, I will keep prophesying until a pathway opens up in the sea. I'm going to keep agreeing with heaven until breakthrough comes. Because right when you're getting breakthrough and the children of Israel are leaving Egypt after Joseph prophesied that his bones needed to be carried to where they were going, they knew that. They'd kept his bones. See, they'd held on to a promise, but their faith was weak. And Moses, who'd actually had an encounter with God, was leading them, but then they hear the thundering of what probably would have sounded like tanks of horses rumbling over the desert. Chariots rumbling over the desert. And what happened is, is the enemy does not want you to get to your breakthrough. Because when you get to your breakthrough, when you get to a place where there's increase, when you get to a place where purpose starts to manifest itself, he's going to attempt to pull you back in. Oh, come on, somebody. See, I, I was telling Pastor Jeff just recently, like, in the last two and a half years in one of my businesses, I've had a really tough time. Now, I know where I'm going because I know what God's told me. But the enemy's pushed back on me hard. Okay? <laughs> but we're in a season where I had another meeting yesterday. Our business is easily going to double next year. Easily. Maybe even head towards tripling. I don't know. We have a lot of business coming our way. Now, it's taken us a minute to get there, and even that's not where we're going. Come on. When you are about to walk into your promise, the enemy starts to speak the loudest. He is trying to get you to slip up so that you curse the door that you're about to walk through and that you get delayed in a season. And he wants to push you back and shut you down so that you get shaky and that you lose your confidence and you back away from what you're supposed to walk through. But there's some things you have to forget. You have to forget that he actually can beat you. I'm going to say that again for somebody. You have to forget that Satan actually has the power to destroy you. You have to forget that the natural surroundings around you have the ability to destroy your life. I've, I've really come to a place, I know I'm undefeatable. And that's not an arrogant statement. Devil can't stop me. We need to get this. We need to get this. We need to come to a place where our confidence in God comes to another level. And we stop questioning fear and agreeing and negotiating with darkness because the enemy's trying to stop you getting into your promised land. You guys ever heard that statement, it's always darkest before the dawn? Remember that. Let that be your encourager, not your discourager. When it's getting dark, the light's about to come over the horizon. I know it's rough right now. I know it's bumpy. I can feel some turbulence. But in a minute here, hold on. So let's talk about it for a second because... Can I just say this? There's a lot of people next year that will not acquire. Oh, that's, that's not really, you shouldn't say that. That's negative. No, many are called, few are chosen. Can I say that differently? 
many are given purpose and destiny, but few qualify. Hello? So let's qualify. What that looks like is this. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. See, this isn't about how awesome I am. This is about how good God is. This isn't about how much of a goody two-shoes I can be and bring the teacher an apple. This is about God's generosity, his goodness, his kindness to me, not me getting a puffed chest because I'm just really a fine-tuned weapon. Okay. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. There has to be something that grows on the inside of you that becomes obsessively determined. That's, you can ask my wife. You can ask anyone that's close to me. I am a highly focused individual. I'm a highly disciplined individual. And I've had to learn this because on the battlefield, if you take a nap, you're going to take an arrow. Hello. There has to come something on the inside of us that realizes the value of our purpose and worth. Remember it says, always be vigilant. Not sometimes be vigilant. Always be vigilant. Oh man, you're really intense, Andrew. Yeah, I am. Because I'm not going to give up one blade of grass. Hello. This territory is requiring someone to stand up and say, we're going to get breakthrough. We're going to get the heavens to break open for us so we can see a whole bunch of souls saved. See, the reason that we need to get bigger is so that we can have better capacity to get the lost. That's the reason. Yes, I'll get prospered. Yes, I'll get blessed. Yes, all these good things will chase me down. Yes. Our problem is modern church has made that the focal point. The cross made the lost the focal point and forget not all his benefits. Hello? See, at your job, your primary focus is wages. Yes? Job, business, whatever that is, payment, right? Your, 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 if you get medical or, or benefits, they're benefits that come as a bonus. They are not the focal point. The focal point of what heaven wants to do is see the world saved. Jesus said, I haven't come to condemn the world, I've come to save it. I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Yes? So in order to do that, Jesus had to walk in victory, breakthrough, and purpose. He didn't lead with his brokenness. He, took, he dealt with that with his father. Come on, somebody. This is good stuff. Okay. Okay. So, not that I have already obtain, obtained or am already perfected, but I press on. See, when you go, who's been to the gym here before? That should probably be most people. Probably like the first week of January when you got a good deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So, you can do uh, an exercise where you go pick up the lightest weights that you possibly can and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, you're blessed. <laughs> you can go do like 50 reps and nothing changes, right? Or you can go get the stuff that's maybe a little heavier and more challenging that actually starts to cause what you feel like is your muscles tearing in your body and you press in and you push past because the prize is health. The prize is that you start to condition your body. The prize is that you start to get in shape, yeah? Look, here's the deal. Paul says, I'm going to abbreviate it now, I'm not perfect, but I press on. I might have taken some hits, but I press on. I might feel discouraged, but I press on. See, if, if 2020 is the year of acquisition, how are we getting ready to acquire? Come on. But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
And then he says, brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Look, here's the deal. One of the worst things you can do is take pride and credit in how awesome you are and how far you've come. I'm thankful to how far Jesus has brought me, but that doesn't qualify me to be amazing. Okay? But this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, let's talk about this for a second. This scripture is powerful, and it's also misused. What people will do in the body is they'll say, well, I just forget everything that happened in the past. It's all in the past. Don't ever talk about it again. And that's actually significantly true. And it's also significantly wrong. If you don't pay attention to where your weaknesses are, and you just say, sorry, Jesus, it's over now, and don't ever, don't ever anyone bring it up again, let's not talk about it, then you actually never take time to humble yourself and deal with the issue that got you there in the first place. Because if you don't deal with the root of what caused you to be there, you're going to be in a cycle walking around the desert for the next 40 years. So sometimes, while forgiveness is definitely a so is sanctification. Sanctification is actually dealing with the junk on the inside that's caused us to be dysfunctional. Hello? Because I can't take my idols into the promised land. I can't take my sin into the promised land. I can't take my dysfunction, my ungratefulness. I can't take my arrogance, like Pastor Jeff was talking about last night, my pride. That can't come with me into the promised land. I can't take my, my fears into the promised land because when I get to the promised land, see, in the desert, I was dealing with sand and, and water out of a rock and quails and, you know, not a whole bunch of stuff. I was looking at sand for 40 years. But in the, in the promised land, you, you think that the promised land is full of grass? It's full of grass that giants walk through. I've heard very well-known ministers say this. The higher you go in God, the less the devil can touch you. And I 100% disagree. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. If that was the case, if the devil can't touch you, the higher you go. I'm not saying that he, he, he has authority over you. But if that was the truth, then how come the devil even had the ability to appear before Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days? Hello. And he came to him with sophisticated deception. Hello. So the further you go towards purpose, look, here's the deal. You can go to any military on this planet right now, and if there is a war happening, and there are all the troops on the field, and the sniper has one bullet left, and he sees the general and 500 privates, who's he going to shoot? Figure it out, Jack. Strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. It's scriptural. <laughs> Okay. You can't take some of that stuff with you where you're going. Okay. So, so, there, so there's, it's true. There's certain stuff that we actually have to look at and say, you know what? This has been my weakness in the past. And, and we have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what? There's certain things, there's certain stuff. I know it. I've just never wanted to verbally do it because then I'd have to humble myself which is a whole other conversation. I, I never want to verbally let it out my mouth, but I've, I've sabotaged my own destiny at times. We, all, we can all say amen to that because we've all done it. Okay, now here's the good news. God is gracious and the word of the Lord does not return void. It only comes back to him accomplishing the very thing it was sent out to do. So here's the thing. You might have biffed it, but he is the redeemer of time. So there's stuff that you might see that feel in your past that you didn't obtain, but, but there's a season of, of acquisition in front of you. You just have to put to death some stuff that's been holding you back. Okay. Forgetting those things which are behind. The other part of it is, is that you need to stop beating yourself up for stuff that you've done. There's always two sides to every coin. I like to try and get balance where I can. Not just hit the, the, the negative part, we need to hit the positive part too. Don't let the devil beat you up. I mean, it's a real cheesy statement, but I'm going to use it because it's so powerful. It's like, if the devil tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's a grill. Hmm. 
Yeah. So, so we have to let certain things go in order to pick certain things up. We have to change certain things in order to qualify for certain things. Right? Come on, somebody. You can't say, well, I'm called to the nations, and you're ignoring your next-door neighbor. Because right. actually, can I just say this? Being called to the nations scripturally actually means called, being called to people groups. Yeah. It doesn't mean let's do a vacation and pretend like it's ministry. Right. Scripturally, it actually is talking about people groups. Okay, just needed to iron that out for a second because that's a well-marketed ploy by the modern American church. It really is. And I love the American church. We just need to change. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Guys, there are certain things that are going get in to get into your hands easy, but the majority of destiny stuff you're going to have to move into. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 18. This is Paul speaking, his spiritual father. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Pastor Jeff was talking about actually submitting to spiritual fathers and mothers last night and how that will incredibly fast track your life. I'm not, now, can, can, let me touch on that for a second before we read further in the scripture. There is a huge difference between associating and submitting. There's a massive difference between uh, romancing and flattering and coming under a covering. You can, you can encourage me and compliment me, but don't ever correct me. I just want to be associated with you. Yeah. It's real. I mean, that's for everyone's good. Your life never changed through encouragement. Your life changed through correction. That is fire. Where is it? Oh, it's right there. <laughs> this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. See, let's just, I want to say something else there. In order for Paul to be able to agree with destiny, Paul had to know that brokenness had been removed. In order for Paul to promote Timothy, he had to know that Timothy was submitted. Hello? This I charge you, sorry, this charge I commit to you, Timothy, uh, uh, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage a good, the good warfare. Someone say acquisitions. Acquisitions are not like inheritance that just gets bequeathed to you. They're opportunities that you step into. And I really feel that there's so much victory up for grabs in 2020. Like every year I try and tap into what God's saying for the next year. And I feel like there is so much victory. I feel like there is so much increase up for grabs. A better way to say for it is there's stuff in the spirit up for grabs. Who wants to qualify for it? Me. I want it. I want it a lot. If you don't want yours, I'll take yours. And that's scriptural. Because the one that buried their talents, that one was taken off them and given to the one that was diligent. That's how the kingdom works. 100% that's how the kingdom works. So if you don't want it, just let me know. I've got to... <laughs> I pray you want it. We should be doubling. See, I, I personally, I don't preach this as doctrine, but I preach this as an opinion. I personally believe that the kingdom is a kingdom of multiplication. When you get to heaven, don't you turn up empty-handed. You should at least be turning up with two souls that you brought in. Minimum. Because you'll believe God for 30, 60, 100-fold with your finances. Why don't you do it with souls too? Yeah. Beloved, I pray that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. 
You just want to prosper in your wallet and not in your spirit. <laughs> It'll preach. It's preaching right now. Thank you, God. Okay. And this hunger conference is just intense. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. There's not one person that's ever won the Olympics that didn't have a coach that chewed them out. I don't care if you feel tired. You get up and run another track right now. Oh, that's so unsafe and I feel so violated and I just feel really hurt. <laughs> You're not saying that when you get in the gold medal put around your neck, though, are you? <laughs> this charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, according to the invitation into destiny previously offered to you, the invitation into destiny previously extended to you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. Oh no, but that's not actually doctrinal. Doctrinal. Because Jesus did it all. Wait a minute. This is Paul talking. Well after the cross. Hello? What Jesus did at the cross was actually buy back the power of sin and death. He didn't finish the job yet. Psalms, father speaking to Jesus as, as witnessed by David. Son, come and sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That's, that's David looking into after the cross and after the cross moment, post-cross. Hello? So Jesus defeated sin and death. He didn't chain up Satan. Jesus did it all. Yes, he did, according to salvation. But he gave us the keys to enforce dominion. There's a difference. I want you to get this. So while God gives us promises and opportunities into destiny, it's our job to take those keys and enforce the dominion while we are being purified in the process so that we qualify to inherit the promises of God. Someone say acquisition. It's time we start getting the stuff that we've been leaving on the ground. See, battles have happened all over the world. And you know, what, you know what takes place? Very well known. It's happened in the American Civil War. It happened in the time of uh, um, the, the Israelites in Canaan. There would be a battle. People get killed. Okay? You know what happens the next day? They come and pick all the treasure. They take all the weapons, they take all the gold, they take everything they can possibly get. Hello? And we need to get that understanding that your plunder might look like a battle. <laughs> oh, the devil's just really persecuting me right now, I feel really oppressed. No, no, no. No, no, no. There is something up for grabs right now, you just need to stop reading it wrong. Just because it looks like all hell is broken loose, all hell is just offered to give me its plunder by the fact that it just showed up. Come on. I just told you I'm undefeatable. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on. Oh, here's another one. All things work together for good. Not some things. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called called according to his purposes and glory. So what that means is, in my darkest moment, it's getting ready to turn out for my good. In the moment where it looks like the devil has just won, Jesus is taking his keys. We have to understand the way that the culture of the kingdom works. It doesn't look like defeat. <laughs> Here, can you really picture Jesus after his spirit leaves the body on the, his body on the cross and goes down into the, into the core of the earth where, where Satan and all his demons were? Do you reckon that Jesus walked in all humble and broken? I personally think there was some chuckles happening. By the way, Jesus and Satan aren't brothers. They're not equal platform. Jesus walked in and trashed the place. 
He did. He walked in and trashed the place. <laughs> I'm just like skipping in behind him. Go, Jesus. <laughs> I want you to see this for a second. Jesus didn't walk in like, yeah, I'm here to, I'm here to talk about Mary Sue and, and Jeff and Dan and Anton. I just, I, just, I, just, I just need to have a chat with you about their destiny. He came in swinging. Come on. Jesus was not miserable. It says that even when they were beating him, not even a cry came out of him. Let this sink in. For the joy set before him, he endured the despised the shame of his season. I've talked about this before. We need to get this. We need to stop misinterpreting seasons. We misinterpret seasons because we think, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But actually, Jesus was the only one that has to experience that. He was abandoned so you could be accepted that you would never be left nor forsaken. Hello? I like this. Watch this. I'm going to read it again because repetition really works. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Faith, I'm believing God, I'm not going to let go. Good conscience, I'm walking in purity. Come on. Don't let the devil seduce you out of a season by having a rotten heart. By taking on something that looks good for a moment. By holding offenses, like Pastor Jeff was talking about last night. By talking to that old friend or that old, that old uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, you don't need that junk that is a distraction because of how awesome where of where you're going the devil's trying to try and use different things to throw you off so that you say you know what you know what Jacob that bowl of lentil soup actually is pretty good and I could go make my own but you know what I just think I'll just trade my birthright it's not worth it your promise is not up for sale say this with me my destiny is non-negotiable Okay, watch this. That by them you may wage a good, a, the good warfare, having faith and good conscience, with, ha, with some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Here's the deal. You know too much. I was very aware of this as a young man. I know too much. I can't go back even if I wanted to. So why even have that conversation? Him having put his hand to the plow, turning back, is not fit for the kingdom. So once I'm engaged, I would be the biggest loser to say, you know what, I'm done. There is no tap out. We're the only ones that can authentically say, ride till we die. All that other stuff is fake. For real. I mean, just go ask Job's wife. I mean, Lot's wife. She's like, you know what? (laughs) She got a little salty. (laughs) Salty the songbook. (laughs) Who had salty the songbook as a kid? It's pretty messed up. It probably probably explains a lot of counseling that was needed. <laughs> oh man. If you turn back, if you turn back, you will suffer destruction. It's just that's not a negative word. That's not fear-mongering. That's just a fact. You know too much. The enemy understands the power that you carry more than you do. I have a world-changing light on the inside of me. If I slip up, he will try and destroy me so that I never get up. He does not want my tongue moving. He's terrified of me, and rightly so. 
he has every reason to be. I'm in agreement with his fear. We need to get this where we all start walking with a mindset. Look, I'm not being arrogant. I know that it might, to some of you it might sound like I'm being arrogant. I'm really not. I just know exactly who I am. There's not one demon that can show up in my life that has to make me obey him. Not one. Every time any form of darkness turns up in my sphere, I have authority. But when there's promises up for grabs, when the children of Israel crossed over into the promised land, there were giants there. Well, why didn't God make it easier for them? Because he wanted them to qualify. Well, well, God, it's really hard. And you look, God is legitimately Jehovah Sneaky. We need to have a chat about why that's not in the book. <laughs> he invites you into a season and leaves the fine print out. Because you would never accept it if you actually knew what was in the promised land. Listen to this for a second. The children of Israel come out of Egypt. I'm talking a lot about children of Israel lately, but there's good, there's good stuff to learn from it. The children of Israel come out of Egypt. They get to the other side of the Red Sea, and then they start complaining, saying, well, you know, the leeks and the garlics and the onions and all of the, probably the pigs and everything that they were eating, because that was a big, big staple in Egypt, right? The carne asada. <laughs> Sorry, the carnitas. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't have the Hebrew interpretation. I apologize. <laughs> But they were complaining while well, saying, oh, it was better back in Egypt. It was better back in Egypt. But then they walked another few weeks, and the spies went over into the promised land, and they came back and they said, it's better we stay in the desert. It's better we stay in the desert. God brings us out of seasons of bondage, but sometimes we're now afraid to go into the season of breakthrough. It's like I'd rather stay in neutral and not push forward. Forgetting what is behind, I press forward. There's certain things that you just have to lock the hammer down and say, listen, I'm not comfortable right now. I don't even like everything that I'm seeing, but if I just keep trusting God, I'm going to press into this thing. I'm going to get to the other side of this thing, and when I do, I know it's going to be awesome. What time in your life have you ever gotten into a season and said, you know, I really don't like what God put together? Just sometimes when you're heading in that direction, it doesn't make sense. God's trying to get your complaining and your impatience and your bad attitude out. Because you're not ever going to help anyone in your level of promotion while you've got that stuff. You need to have a little parasite cleanse. So, so I really want to encourage us towards determination. Guys, I'm telling you, you don't need to finish 2020 the way you're finishing 2019. This is the year of breakthrough and increase. It's our time to conquer giants. It's our time to get junk out of our lives and blessing into our lives. Come on, I'm serious. You know, the people that are around us, we're watching a lot of growth, but let's go further. Watch this, last scripture. Isaiah chapter 50, really, I like the scripture a lot. Isaiah 50 verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. This is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. For the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Say this with me. I will not be disgraced. I will not be full of shame because God is with me. God is backing me. So watch this. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Yeah, a flint is not common language in, in, our, in our world, but flints were used to make arrowheads and knives. But a flint was a rock that there's, there's a, I think it's, it's like whittling, but there's another name for it, where they actually hit the rock in a certain way, and it breaks, and as it breaks, it starts to form a stone blade, and the stone blade's actually really sharp, 
And so a flint is something that brings two different surfaces into one focal point. You need to bring every facet of your life into one focal point. Jesus was determined to go to Calvary far before he got to Jerusalem. Hello? The Bible says that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem to do the will of the Father. But actually, if you look at that passage, there were several other encounters that were going to happen. He wasn't on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to Jerusalem via appointments that God had out for him. So just because you know where you're going doesn't mean that you're not going to have appointments and seasons that might be difficult along the way. Our job is to get so determined and say, God is not going to put me to shame. I'm going to set my face like a flint. I'm going to forget the things in the past. I'm going to press forward towards the mark of my high call. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to see breakthrough. I'm going to obtain some stuff that I haven't been able to obtain. It does come easy, but it doesn't come easy. The kingdom is free, but it'll cost you everything. Salvation is free, but it will consume you. And it will demand every high place in your life to come down. Holiness and purity is a word for 2020. It is. God's going to be straightening some stuff out in 2020. And that's a good thing. That's not something we go, oh, that's really a scary word. No, no. Words like holiness and purity and repentance actually need to be words that we get back into the church. When did they become unpopular and that was okay? Sanctification is a good word. It means purifying. And in order for something to be purified, something actually has to be processed in a way that the impure is separated from the pure and it's discarded. That's a good word. Repentance is a good word. You know, I love the joy of the Lord. I will get completely wrecked in the presence of God. I will be a total drunken mess. But I also love weeping before God in repentance. I think that's something that our modern church could use. No one can move right now because everyone's on the floor weeping before God, crying out for mercy and God's goodness. I love it too. Oh, this is a really encouraging message. It is. We're going to acquire stuff. We're going to start getting things that we haven't been able to get before. Come on, let's just stand to our feet. Come on, God. I don't know about you, but I'm not prepared to leave stuff on the table. I'm not prepared to leave things on the table. I don't want to get to heaven and God turn around to me and say, you know what, Andrew? There was like 50 things that you were supposed to have and 20 things you were supposed to do and all these different people you were supposed to help, but I couldn't help you because you couldn't get over yourself. I couldn't, I couldn't get you the breakthrough because you didn't want any discipline in your life and you just wanted to be a free agent. So you scraped into heaven, but you missed out on a whole lot of blessings. I don't want to have that be my story. Come on. Or here, here's the one. You kept struggling in the desert and I was trying to get you to the grapes. I was trying to get you to the green pastures. And you kept saying, God, why aren't you restoring my soul? And I was saying, well, you need to come across this, this river. Well, you didn't want to because it seemed difficult. Well, I, I know that somebody, somebody knows that in, the, in their past seasons, they've missed out, they've gone in neutral, that, that they've, 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 they've paused seasons. And the problem when you pause a season, you're actually not on hold, you're, you're regressing. And you're teaching yourself what it looks like to be soft. So come on, we're going to get some stuff this year. You can't get anything that you're not hungry for. That's why we called this conference hunger, because we are seriously hungry for God. I am hungry for God to encounter us, but I'm also hungry to get all that God has for us. Because if I don't walk into purpose and destiny that God has over my life, I'm going to stay stagnant. And the more I stay stagnant, the more miserable I become. You were made, I want you to get this. If you don't hear anything I've said today, get this. You were made to go from glory to glory to glory. God is not a God that sits still. God is a God that takes ground. God is a God that's always increasing. God did not design you to be in cruise control. The kingdom is not a kingdom of cruise control. It's a kingdom 
that acquires. It's a kingdom that advances. You know, I was, I was in Pennsylvania last week and I preached out of the scripture that from the time of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And we need to stop being people, and I think I mentioned it here the other night. We need to stop being people that when the enemy pushes us with intimidation, we back away. Oh, that's really, um, oh, I don't want to upset the devil. Back up. No, no. When the kingdom of heaven is pushed on, we push back. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've got a harder push than hell. You've got a harder push than hell. You just got to believe this thing. The enemy's trying to condition you to believe that you have to obey him. But I've been put here to judge him. You've been put here to intimidate hell. And what that might look like, it might not look like you changing cities and changing nations and all of those big modern statements that we made when we can't even get domination over our own bedroom. We can't get domination over our own gossip coming out of our own mouths. Right? Hello? (laughs) We can't get domination over slander. (laughs) We want to talk about cities and nations and (laughs) real big stuff. Right? If you're faithful in the little, you get made to be ruler over much. But I just want to say this. You can get this. You can actually see stagnancy in your life turn into green, green fields. You can see what feels like barrenness turn around and become fruitful. Come on, somebody. Is this helping someone this morning? I just really, really believe that we've been leaving too much on the ground. And See, if I want to be known for anything... I'm not trying to tell you to have poverty in what I'm about to say, so please hear me in this. I don't want to leave any scraps. We are taught to be wasteful. You come to this nation and they feed you so much food on a plate in a restaurant that you like, that's like a whole family meal. And then we start looking like family meals, right? And <laughs> it's true. And it's okay to leave. It's okay to leave half your food on the plate wasted and just let it go. Everywhere else on the planet, that's a sin. Except in America, we're taught to leave stuff on the table. I don't want to leave stuff on the table. If there is one tiny coin that might look worthless, I don't want to leave the devil a tip. Hello? I want to be like Ruth that comes in and like, even if there's grain on the ground, I'm going to find it and I want it. God, whatever you have purposed over my life, I don't want to leave nothing up for grabs. Because you have to realize that if you won't fill your lamp, you don't get in. And if you won't be faithful with what you've get, been given, it will be taken. And some, you'll, you'll watch someone else walking into your destiny. That is one of the worst rebukes you can get. You think it's offensive having a, a, a leader, a father, a spiritual father, a spiritual father or mother correcting you? What's more painful is watching someone else walking into destiny that you were supposed to be in. That's far more painful. Watching you stay in seasons while others, well, they've only been here half the time I have, but they're like, well, yeah, you didn't kill your giant. Stop blaming everyone else. Oh, it's favoritism. No, it's not. It's diligence. <laughs> right? It's focus. Come on, we can, we can get this. See, I, I have a vision to see a whole church full of wild lions, not tame house cats. We've got a church culture in North America that's all about one wild lion with a whole bunch of tame cats. Now, firstly, because it's cats, you know it's not God. <laughs> Apologize to you cat lovers out there. I'm sure I've offended someone. There'll be letters coming my way. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is the lion of Judah. It's about the only redemption on cats as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's, that's my heart vision. I, look, we are not a weak house. We're small, but we're not weak. I know the caliber of people in this house. I know the caliber of the spirit in this house, and I know what's being fed. We are, we, we are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? That means that someone can get something in God that changes their life. 
but you've got to say, yes, I'm done being soft on me. I'm going, to, I'm going to put down those little weights, and I'm going to start picking up the ones that hurt a little bit, and I'm going to press into a season. And that might look like me disciplining myself and actually reading the Word of God. To start with, I might just start reading Proverbs and getting some wisdom hit me in the head, and it'll say, you know what? Yeah, I've been a fool, and I need a change. It's okay. It's okay. Just don't stay there. It's time to move forward. Forgetting the, the habits of my past, I'm going to start taking on the attributes of Christ. I'm going to start looking like someone that actually... See, look, here's the deal. Jesus was possessed by the Spirit to do the will of the Father. He wasn't casual numpty just showing up to have like tea and, tea and biscuits with people. Cookies. He was not passive Christian center. That, that's why they killed him, guys. He was highly focused, lover and speaker of truth. That's why they killed him. Because the world cannot handle someone that has seen the kingdom and that is possessed to fulfill the will of the Father. Because it makes them jealous. The Bible says, you can read it in my book about Cain, that the Pharisees killed Jesus because of their jealousy for him. Come on. I'm not saying let's provoke jealousy. People are going to do that on their own. I'm serious. Get this because you're sick of living in a, in a valley. Get this because you're sick of watching seasons go by and things not happening. Listen, if God said it, you can have it. You just need to step up and say, God, I am done with watching seasons go by. I'm putting my hand up to possess this next year. I'm putting my hand up for acquisitions this year. I want to see purpose over my life. I want to, see t I want to take ground this year. I want to see promises fulfilled. God, I am done being lazy. I am done being passive. It's time for me to engage the kingdom of heaven and start to press in and pursue the things that you put in over my life. I'm hungry for this God. Little plug. But really, I'm hungry for this. Y you only need to have a few bad seasons to realize that that's not cool to stay in agreement with that. You've got to get out of agreement with, well, that's, maybe that's just what, you know, maybe that's just my story. No, that's not your story. That's not your song. That won't be praising all the day long. Okay? That's an old hymn, a very old hymn. <laughs> okay it's time for you to get out of agreement with laziness guys because if we really boil this down it's fear unbelief and laziness that keeps us out of promises and rebellion because if God actually promised us something then for us to disagree with it it's actually rebellion which is the same as the sin of witchcraft which is a pretty scary statement. You remember Jesus talking about people that make it into heaven? Well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, cruise control servant. I'm not, I'm not trying to encourage you to do, you know, four weeks of hype Christian center. I'm saying let's run 12 months, 24 months, the rest of our lives, God, what's next? You can't run with purpose unless you're tapping into heaven for what's ahead. And can I just say this? Stop looking to everyone else for prophecies because they might be wrong. You need to hear God and have him confirm himself to you over and over again. You don't need people that are speaking negativity and, you know, depression and despair and just, you know, tragedy all over your life. You actually need someone. And you don't need someone that's speaking hype either. You don't need someone that's speaking like, feel-good emotive prophecies, reading your soul and not talking to the Spirit. There's a difference. I can come and close my eyes around people and you can feel things floating in the Spirit around them. That's not prophecy. That's discernment. Authentic prophecy is when God speaks and I repeat exactly what He said. I'm not like, oh yeah, I see you. That's soulish. There's, there's a difference. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. We got something today? So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back at what time? We're going to come back at 7. We've got a huge break. So go have some fun. Why don't we just go and like, can I just say this? Don't, don't just snap out of this. Some of us need to do some soul searching. 
Someone said, God, search me out and see if there's anything in me that's holding me back. Is there heart conditions? Is there, is there rebellion? Is there laziness? What, what does that look like, God? Is there sin that I'm holding on to? Because here's the deal, guys. You, I promise you, you want destiny and purpose far more than you want to sit in what you're sitting in now. I do too. I want to come into something far more because I know that although I'm thankful from where I've got today, it's not where I'm going. I'm going somewhere more. God's always going to be pulling you into more faith. He's going to always be pulling you towards more purpose, and he's going to do that with promises. He's going to do that with invitations to, to actually start to walk something out. So let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you that you are pursuing us, that you're after us. And God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would come to each one of us in this room, anyone that's watching online, and that you would really drill into our hearts. You would show us if there's areas in our lives that are actually obstructing us from acquiring what you have over our lives. I pray that 2020 would be the year of acquisition, that we wouldn't slow down in the holiday season and chill out and throttle back, God, but we would speed up and start pressing further and say, God, I'm not just going to finish strong. I'm going to start strong. I'm not just going to rest and, and cruise control. I'm going to speed up, God. I'm going to see what I can do because I'm going to see what you can do in my life in 12 years. If I lay things down, God, I'm expecting you to raise things up in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you've qualified us for greatness, that you've called us according to your purposes, not ours. And as we press into this, God, that we would be the most focused people in our, in our worlds, God, that we, would, that we would become incredibly diligent about pressing forward towards the mark of your calling over our lives, over your purposes, God, that we would wage war with prophecies, and that this next year would be a year, God, where we, where we see sweetness of soul, that we would see satisfaction of spirit, God, and that we would see uh, your promises come to pass over our lives. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, God. We thank you. Amen. Amen.